Welcome to Art Glider. Join your favorite art curators as we chat with all kinds of people in the art, culture, and NFT space. Welcome to season two of Art Glider, the light bulb moment. We chat to creative pioneers about their light bulb moments. We discover what brought up their creative epiphanies and how they followed through to get where they are today. The light bulb moment provides you with practical tips to work towards your own light bulb moment. Before we begin, I'd like to start by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land from which we're recording today, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Today we're joined by Evio to hear what light bulb moments have sparked her successful career as an artist and designer. Evio is also a creative director of Evio Studios based in Marrickville in Sydney, Australia, who has worked with an array of major clients like T2Ts, HarperCollins, the National Gallery of Australia, SBS and so much more. Evie, welcome to the Lightbulb Moment podcast. Thanks for having me, Amelia. What a fine Friday. I know. <laughs> we call it Frysley. Frysley. We slay the day. So, Evie, um, Evie, I'd love to know what your lightbulb moment was or is. That's a big question because there are a few, right? Like, um, where do we start? I guess from the beginning. Um, I guess my light bulb moment, and when I say light bulb, it's probably when I realized that I am going to pursue um, a career in creativity, which is probably, you know, that's a lot of people took a while to get there. But for me, it was pretty easy. It was when I was um, handed um, a few university um, brochures by my parents. And I just looked into the syllabus and like, yon, 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 yon. I'm like, ooh, I could do this communication. What is this? Ooh, um, visual branding. Like, what's that? And I I grew up in Indonesia and I had very little understanding of what design is, um, let alone art. Like in, in Indonesia with, you know, our art school, I mean, our art classes were basically just drawing and I used to draw a lot as a child and read a lot and I thought oh that must be what you know being a creative is but then yeah so I decided um I wanted to go into fine arts actually but it was too much of a um I needed a lot of convincing I mean my mom needed a lot of convincing and I just said okay if art's too scary I'll do design that was my first light bulb moment in a way. Does that count? Yeah, of course it does, 100%. And you said as a child you were drawing, was that with pencil or painting? It was, oh, I tried paint and I made really bad painting, so I stopped. Um, so I, <laughs> I, I um, for a while I lived within the safe space of pencils and pens and all my um, drawings were black and white. Oh, Good, figure. Now it's all colourful and there's no black and white. <laughs> and it is. It's so different now, which is amazing. I mean, yeah. you work with different mediums and practices. Can you tell me the, about the journey of your, you know, you know, of art making? I guess from your childhood and now you're running a creative uh, business. Where do you get time to to make the art as well? I suppose it's a part of your practice, which is amazing. Yes. Well, it didn't used to be. So, um, long story short, went to uni got a design job at a publishing house, loved it and was feeling very fulfilled creatively for a few years. And then I guess like 
when you got really good at something when and i wasn't saying like i got really good at it, it was like you know like you you, you know the trade you learn the craft um and it's not as challenging as when it you know when the first project came to you you started to well i started to look for um another outlet and that's when i was um dabbling with paint and art i guess it used to be a weekend um recreational activity actually for a few years like i'll say for two and a half years three years and then i just put something up up on instagram which is you know classic gen y story someone saw it someone wanted it but i was actually well i am still as well like being so protective about my art practice because i never really intended it to be a money-making exercise so every um decision that i do with my art practice needs to come from a a genuine place i guess not saying that design isn't but design comes with agenda and a purpose and a brief and a and um and a mission but then as with art one group exhibition led to a few others and then at the same time that was like maybe 10 years ago saint cloche gallery was just opening so there there we were um kitty kitty clark from saint cloche um starting her career in art I did, you know, I was, uh, I'm a self-taught artist, so I have very little idea what the industry was like. And we kind of like buddied up and tried a few things together. And um, we were experimenting with like different shows for a while until we decided that we should do Sydney Contemporary as my first Sydney solo. I was so um, not confident about things and always refused to do a solo show because I was too scared of the scale. But then Kitty was like, here you go, Sydney Contemporary booth, just fill it up. And um, we brought 39 paintings. I work seven days a week for six months. I remember that time I was really fond of it because I, because it made me a different person. Like five days I was running the studio. Um, back then there were only, only three of us and it was just like, go, go, go and then on the weekend I would just like paint non-stop and and yeah I think that was that was the second light bulb moment I would say like realizing that yeah I actually am an artist because sometimes you know title can be given to you title you can make it up but like I think you know when you know when you deserve that title yourself if that makes sense Oh, it's beautiful. And I, I love that you've made 39 paintings. That's insane. Oh, oh why not 40, though? <laughs> oh, because it doesn't fit with the hang. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I was like, wow, that's a, and that's a lot of paintings. Did you sell them all? We sold 34, I oh, think. Amazing. We, we, we didn't know what to expect, to be honest. We were just, all right, let's see what happens. And, yeah, that was, that was a nice moment. Oh, it is, and also putting yourself out there at Sydney Contemporary, the the art fair here in in yeah. um, in Australia. I, I'd love to know. I mean, I, I I did see your panel talk at Semi Permanent, which is a a great, um, I suppose, an idea festival a couple of weeks ago. And on stage, you said um, restlessness and boredom are creators' best friend. How does this apply to your work? And it, can you just tell me a little bit more about that? Yes, so everyone in the studio or in my life know that I am very restless. When, like, my mind just doesn't stop for the, you know, worst or best of it. And, um, like, I love, I love my work a lot. And I'm not sure to, to say that, but, but also I'm, 
I'm easily bored. So like if I've done something, like say, especially with um, design studio, right? Like um, you, you do get specialized. For example, we specialize in publishing. We do a lot of cookbooks. If I do get another Italian cookbook brief, it wouldn't be like, oh, I don't want to do it, but like, how can I do this differently? And I guess maybe that that comes from publishing as well in that like, you, like I'm not saying in other design industries, you kind of churn out the same thing, but there are studios with certain look that can kind of play around within um, some visual guidelines. With publishing, it's almost like the more, you know, the more distinct you can make one book to another, but be as successful is kind of the, the goal. And maybe that's why I get really bored really quickly. So if I've done one thing, I don't want to do it again. Because of that, I tend to just try out a lot of things out of whim, whether it's like trying incorporating different mediums in bookmaking or with art, like, you know, just try and incorporate different dimensions or different mediums. But also in my life as well, like say I'm bored with my day-to-day life, I would just like get on the car and drive somewhere. And I thought I was not being a grateful person for a while because nothing is never enough. But then um, I was on this plane back from London and I read an interview by Tom Dixon and he said exactly the same thing. And I'm like, hey, I'm not alone. And this, and then I realized that is probably why I still love what I do. I still pursue what I do because there is a genuine kind of, it's kind of like a, whether it's a healthy cycle or a, um, or a crazy cycle, like the hunger and the fulfillment just doesn't stop. Yeah. It's and, living, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And it's curiosity as well, what you're saying there. You're a very yeah. curious soul, like you're looking and you're finding. And um, and I love the analogy where you, you get up and you just go for a drive. And and I, I've and we did a book exchange at Semi-Permanent and I've, I've got your nature books next to my, my um, bedside at the moment. And uh, I'm very excited. I've already started earmarking it. So that's what I love about you as well. I can see that you have an idea and you just run with it, which I, I, I suppose I see myself in that sometimes because I have... I was going to say that <laughs> same thing where you not get bored be like okay what else is going on or like I'll go into a big room like what's happening here and who can I find who's interesting in this room and you know and you just want to have these like random moments and I don't know what that yeah. is and you also yeah. said um is it the butterfly and the frog analogy yeah well it's actually I, I did this talk at creative mornings a couple of weeks ago and um I said be a be a cat or a frog a cat because I was trying to think what kind of like animals have metamorphosis and butterfly? I don't know why, it, you know, I chose frog over butterfly, but um, butterfly sounds nicer than a frog. But yeah, and a cat has nine lives, mythically. Um, and that's what I was kind of um, realizing on that flight again. It was a really long flight. <laughs> I didn't have much to do, so my mind just went over. But I also mentioned on various occasions that on that same flight, I also watched um, that movie Emily Bronte. Um, I don't know if it's called Emily, but it's of Emily Bronte and it's really beautifully shot, period drama. But at the end of the movie, she died after riding Wuthering Heights at the age of probably like, I don't know, 20 or something. Mm. And I was just like, that is crazy because she only had one life and she did one great thing. I mean, she wrote other things, but you know, she, she wrote her magnum opus and hundreds of years later, she's still celebrated in the history of, I guess, Western literature. And Look at us now, like we, we're living forever. We're, you know, we're doing all this like anti, anti-aging thing, living to our hundreds and 
we're expected to work until we're 65 and and like these days come with a lot of requests like you gotta have purpose you gotta be blah 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 and i'm like whoa that's crazy that's why i kind of like that's kind of like being a cat who just dies and be alive again and if you see life your whole life like that i feel like feels optimistic because you don't have to do one thing forever i mean of, of course you can but if you want to change and do different things i thought that's a great reminder that you have a lot of time and don't be scared to just oh, try anything because yeah. yeah i love it the cat that has nine and also when you throw a cat up they say that it lands on the on its paws, yeah. which i've never tried yeah. that before but i i, I know a lot of cat lovers <laughs> who tell me this um, yeah, I would also like to know: Did you come from a background of artists in your family, or creatives, or around a creative world? I I think so, in a very non-direct way. Like my grandma, um, who sadly has passed away last year, has always been a great feeder to me. Like she will be bringing books from all over the place um, and in, in English as well and like forced me to teach myself well not teach myself English but read in English and read in, in different languages and just kind of like hey do this and let me know what you know what you think in a week because we didn't live in the same town but so that was my grandma but then um, my uncle did a uh, my dad's brother traveled the world quite a lot as a um, LGBTQI activist since the 70s so wow, okay. he always came back with like really interesting anecdotes something that I could probably comprehend as a child but even that idea of like oh uncle Dede has gone to that country now and he's back with you know little things and and I guess um, my uncle from my mom's side is an architect and a lot of uncles and aunties like studied interesting things like um, there are a few professors in our family and, and my auntie studied botan- botanical. It's all a bit all over the place mm. and not like the cookie cutter accountant, doctor, scientist mm. kind of um, Asian family, I guess. And maybe that kind of picked cur- curiosity in me and family gatherings have always been quite in, in not intellectual but like you know there will be talks about politics latest films culture um and what's happening out there as well so yeah now now that I, nobody has ever asked that actually i mean like somewhat somebody ha- has asked that but never did i reflected mm. on that in that like it was quite a um open-minded um not that my parents were the open-minded ones, but that's another but, story. But you have—I know it's interesting, isn't it? And but ask around mm. as well. That's something that I've now. I do ask people. Like, oh, what is that? Like even I asked an industrial designer the other day, and and then it all I opened up. These you know, family owns a like a gallery in London. I was like, okay, I could see that. So you can sort of sometimes see it. And I was like, <laughs> wow. So you work with us many times with art pharmacy, and re- most recently at Deloitte, um, which has just been opened in June. You've really instilled incredible symbolism into your artwork uh, and you've got 27 colours representing the significance of the number three in the Bible and ancient Greek philosophy. And there are three um, concepts of, you know, three corridors. What's the process behind creating something so human and and layered with meaning? It's, it's, I mean, I suppose we can just like dive deep into into this. Well, yeah, like I guess um, talking specifically about that um, particular project, 
I guess the the brief itself kind of asked for it, like you know that that's it's a it's a very epic building with epic view, and it's kind of like in the heart of Sydney urbanity, and you're like up tall in the um in the building, and it must feel really like it feels amazing, but in a way it's very unnatural. Like as humans, you don't fly up that high. You you're not supposed to see that view. And I guess what I wanted to do is kind of like pull people back into humanity. And um, that whole collection was based in nature as well. So you'll see some natural mo- motifs and colors found um, from nature. But I guess I often hide behind my artworks because I can be a bit shy about telling people the, the real, you know, the real deep um, center of me. And um, with those artworks, I was actually kind of just exploring the idea of walking the past, being present and being being responsible for the future as well. Like you walk the present and that will affect the future and you kind of have to respect the past as you do it kind of thing. I know it sounds a bit, I'm not explaining it well, but no, I hope you know what like, I mean. And I, I guess... Yeah. It sounds like meditation in a way. In, in a way, and I, I kind of want want the, um, I guess the the people who would be in that building, if they have a you know five minutes moment and you know got to read the rationale to understand that and to make sure then you know whenever they make decisions within that building, you know like they think about that because some you know you know that powerful building is um, can can change a lot of things in society in community and. Yeah, why not? And I think, you know, it's it's great that Art Pharmacy is putting a lot of those reminders within those mm. giant buildings. It, exactly. Yeah. I'd like to know who, who inspires you or what are you inspired by at the moment? Oh, at the moment, I have been just deep diving myself into graphic design again. Like I, I go into phases. Mm. I'm inspired a lot about artist practices rather than their visuals like or their story why they're saying what they're saying like for example i mean everyone's um inspiration is yayo kusama right like Mm. she can just do whatever she wanted since day one and you know she's still doing whatever she wanted i've been studying the work of glenn market the architect a little bit i might be working on a book with him and how he really respected nature in his practice and how like his design is always responding to the land rather than trying to instill on the land. I'd love to know also, like, tell me tell me about your up-and-coming projects. So you just mentioned uh, working with Glenn, potentially Glenn uh, Murcott, who's an Australian architect who I actually I do, I, I know yeah. his work. And what about uh, with yeah. what you're doing with your studio? So, because I know you, you do, you have, you have art, we have books, um, illustrations, so there's just so much to what you do. I guess, I suppose the, the great thing is because you guys are a small studio I always I always call it like the cool like speedboat rather than the big ship because when you're a big ship like <laughs> to turn around it like takes you know but when you're a cool little like speedboat you get to like yeah. all right what's happening now let's go and do these yeah. projects so yeah. what have you got coming up soon like what's to expect or even in the next year or coming two? up I mean as usual from the design studio expect beautiful books like I feel every year our book just gets stronger as um, we all mature in the studio the art department is on hiatus at the moment because I feel like I fixed-hosted myself last year. I did um, four shows and so many um, 
public activations. I mean, not that many, like a handful, but still like um, on top of everything, it felt like, whoa. But I, I am personally working on, um, I want to revamp my art practice, not like the practice, but I want to create some new body of work that probably marries art and design in a way. Um, and I'm, I've also been thinking about maybe starting a publishing imprint, been reading a lot about Web3 and the future ways of, yes, yeah, so there's a lot of kind of like light bulbs at the moment. It's just like which one to turn on and off and like grab and make that into like a giant halo. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. I'd like to know, do you have any advice for your for our listeners today just about your career or anything, like anything that's any, you know, stayed with you or something that you'd like to impart um, yeah, into their ears? Uh, I think two, two things. Um one is an advice I got from one of my best friends when things get too much. Or just do one thing at a time. I think sometimes when you have a new idea or want to embark on a new adventure, you, you, you see the goal and then you get excited and then you start to trace back how to get there and then you get overwhelmed and you never did it. The thing is, you never know if that goal is going to look like that. So it doesn't matter just do the first bit anyway and then continue and then the end bit the yeah the the destination will look so much more interesting because you probably don't know what it is and the second one is like what's the worst can happen mm. follow your heart yeah. the sounds, sounds of things and you do follow your heart every yeah. time I met you you're like Da-da. I was like yes you can see that your heart's <laughs> always bursting you know and you're walking and you can tell though when people are happy right it's um you know and following yeah, your heart yeah because there's a lot of people that sometimes you meet and you think, oh, you can see that there's something that's happened along the way. And it's like, well, how do you how do you mend that slowly as well? So um, lovely. Is, is there anything else you'd like to mention? Actually, um, who's who's inspired me the most out of people that are surround, surrounding me since day one? It's always about who's in my life and what, you know, how, 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 do, we, how do we bounce off each other? How do we do things together? you know, in different ways in life and work, I think that's probably the most treasured things in my life, the people that have come into it. I always say, you show me five of your friends and I'll show you the person you are because you're five of the friends that, that actually when you've got an idea yeah. or you say something to them, they're the ones that'll be like, yes or no. And I always think that it's such an important, what you just said there, I actually totally agree with you because you just need someone to, you're having a bad day and you mention it to them and then they're like, bad idea. And you'll think, oh, okay, actually it is a bad idea. <laughs> so it's, it's yeah, how, how, to, you know, how to have inspiring people around you. I think that's, you know, it is actually a, I feel like a mantra of mine as well in life. Well, thank you oh, so much. Nice. Yeah, th- thank you so much for, for, yeah, and your energy and everything you put out to the world. I'm, I'm very um, honoured to, to have you on our podcast and I look forward to reconnecting again and having some light bulb moments with you because I think you're the sort of person we could just just have light bulb moments everywhere. So let's, let's <laughs> do that. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks, Amelia. Thank you for tuning in to the Lightbulb Moment, where creatives shed light on their career-defining epiphanies. Don't forget to like and share this episode and leave a review if you love what we do. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter or LinkedIn at artpharmacy or sugarglider.digital and watch your space for more tips from creative pioneers.